Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so it help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage. Please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. Also, be sure to call my new number, 720-307-7347, and leave your voicemail for me with your marriage question, and then I will answer it on the next Marriage Steps podcast. The marriage tip of the day is never focus on who is right or wrong in a conflict, because it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong. What matters is the core needs you both have under the conflict, because if you've noticed, Most conflicts are about stupid things. They're about insignificant things. Who said this, or you said that, or we're fighting about this topic or that topic. And most of the time, those topics are insignificant. They're stupid. However, the core needs under the conflict are not stupid at all. And the core needs can include the need to feel seen, the need to feel wanted, the need to feel respected, the need to feel like a team, the need to feel like things are fair, etc etc so identifying the core need you and your partner have under the conflict is vital and then you can move towards how can we honor both of these core needs moving forward the marriage joke of the day is it's been raining for days and days and my husband just stands there looking at the window and if this continues i'm gonna have to let him inside Okay, the marriage message of the day. So four steps to rebuilding your marriage. Is your marriage in shambles right now? If it is, I know how that feels. My marriage has gone through seasons of winter where I felt like our relationship was in shambles and it's a horrible feeling. It's a horrible place to be. You wake up and immediately you feel the stress and the heaviness and the weight of your relationship. So how do you get out of it? You need direction. And a lot of times when you're working with even marriage counselors, it can feel directionless because you need some type of guide, some type of focus, some type of map of how to get out of this winter season that you're in. Winter is when you don't feel in love. Winter is when your needs are not being met. Winter is when you have a lot of resentment. Winter is when you start second guessing everything. Did I marry the wrong person? Are we going to make it through this? Is this worth it? You start second guessing everything. But couples who dig in deeper during winter and they work harder and they reach out for help can make it through winter and then they enter into spring. And spring is when the weather warms up, the birds start to chirp, the the fragrance in the air comes back, the warmth comes back. That's when you start falling back in love. That's when your needs start being met. That's when you start working through your resentments. So if you're in winter, don't feel like it's the end. If you're in winter and you and your partner are teachable and you're both willing to work on your relationship, you can go through winter and get into spring. So here's some guidelines to do so. First thing you need to do if you're in winter is you have to work through your resentments. You can't just all of a sudden skip over the resentments and try to start having a good relationship because view resentments as clogs in your pipe. And if you're trying to fill up your partner's love bucket, you're not going to have much force, much pressure in the water 
because there's a clog back there in your pipe. And that clog is called resentment. So resentment can be all sorts of things, all sorts of things your partner has done that they didn't do, whatever. There could be all sorts of things. The resentment can be from last week or it can be from 20 years ago. I had a couple call me recently and it was from resentments they never handled almost 45 years ago. And it still is crippling their relationship because it was not properly dealt with. And that's what happens. So resentment has to be the first focus. When you're trying to improve your relationship, you have to think about what are all the areas of resentment I have towards my partner? Have we worked through those? Do I still have this lingering resentment towards my spouse? So start by writing down all the areas of resentment you still have and currently have towards your partner. Write them all down. And your partner needs to do the same thing. Write down all, they need to write down all the areas of resentment they have towards you. Once you've written those down, you need to use the reunite tool. That's on my website. You can go to my blog and read about it. You can go to the marriage tools and it's gonna be posted there soon. The reunite tool is a way to express the complaint and it's a way to listen and respond effectively to the complaint. And it helps people get over the resentment. And so you just use the reunite tool per topic of resentment. And that could take a while, depending on how long you've been together. But you have to do that because the analogy is you're trying to grow this beautiful plant, which is your marriage. But before you can grow a plant, sometimes you have to dig out the rocks of the soil. And that's resentment. Resentment is rocks in your soil. So you can't plant seeds in poor soil. You have to first get the rocks out and then fertilize the soil before you can plant the seeds. So digging into that resentment and resolving those issues are vital and they have to happen first. Once you've done that and you're working through your resentments, then you're ready for step two. And step two is when you start building your friendship. Can't build a friendship with someone you resent. That's why you start with the resentments. So step two is building the friendship. So this is where you start having quality time together, This ideally would be your four times together a week, up to two hours each time. Eight hours a week of quality time is the gold standard for couples to have good marriages, eight hours a week. So that's four times a week for two hours each time. If you can't do that, get as close as you can. Try to be creative with how to do that. During that time is when you wanna do something recreational together, you wanna be providing affection, You wanna be doing some head-heart check where you're cultivating emotional intimacy. The head is what did you do today? The heart is how you felt and why. So that's where you share your emotions, mad, sad, glad, or fear. You don't talk about negative emotions with the marriage. You talk about outside issues to keep it neutral. But this is the friendship time. This is where you increase your time together. This is where you increase your fun together. That's not gonna happen by accident. Not in this day and age, especially during COVID with your kids are probably at home, you're probably busy with work, you're maintaining a house. You have to be intentional to carve out this time every week to build back your friendship. Once you start building back your friendship, then we're ready for number three. Number three is sensual activity. And sensual activity can be a variety of things. It can be cuddling together, It can be taking a shower or a bath together with your bathing suits on, and I'll say why in a second, or it can be a sensual massage with your underwear on. So sensual activity 
is not gonna happen if you don't feel like you're friends with your partner first. You're not gonna wanna shower with someone you're not even friends with. So that's why these are going in order. So the central activity is very important because we don't have that kind of connection with our partner. Normally we skip central activity. We skip the showering together, the bathing together. We skip the central massages. We skip the cuddling. But that provides a special layer of connection sensual activity. During the sensual activity, you want to have a giver and a receiver. So the giver is just focused on giving you pleasure. The receiver just sits back and enjoys. And the receiver has to communicate what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what would feel better. You can communicate it by saying, mm, or mm, or nice. You have some options, but you have to learn to communicate how things feel so your partner knows where to touch you and how to touch you. One option for this is if you're doing a massage, you can use coconut oil, maximize your five senses during these experiences. The reason I say keep your bathing suits on is because this is not sexual time. And if you're naked, the low libido partner is gonna feel pressure that it better turn sexual, and the high libido partner is gonna feel frustrated if it doesn't. So keeping your undergarments on is a visual reminder that this is not sexual time. We're having sensual time. At the end of your sensual time, on the nights when you both feel aroused or you're both open to getting aroused, that's when you go to step four. And step four is sexual activity. So this can be a variety of things. It can be making out some nights. It can be everything above the waist some nights. Other nights it can be everything below the waist, manually or orally, whatever you feel comfortable with. Other nights it can be everything, including intercourse. So on these nights or on these days when you're having sexual activity, it defers to the lower libido partner so that we're bringing back voice and choice because the last thing we want is obligation sex because both partners lose out when it's obligation sex. And that's what a lot of marriages fall into. So if you bring back voice and choice and options, then you're both fully present and some kind of sexual activity is gonna happen more often. Because a lot of low libido partners, they feel like it's either intercourse or nothing. And a lot of times they don't feel up to intercourse, so they choose nothing. So if you have choices and options, it brings back more frequency and more presence. So those are the four steps to rebuild your marriage. Number one, you have to work through the resentments. The Reunite tool is designed to do that. So be sure to check that out on my website. The second thing after that is start building your friendship. This is where you need to start having your four mini dates a week. That's also a blog post on my website. Make sure you check that out on marriage and dating. That's the, the post on that. After friendship is being built, then you wanna start building sensual activity. That's number three. And this goes into the wedding cake model. That's also on my website under the tools and under the blog. Central activity is a special connection that couples don't normally do. Once you're doing central activity for a while and you're getting comfortable with that, then you can bring it up to number four, which is sexual activity, where you bring back, back voice and choice so you're both having a pleasurable experience. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, be sure to click the five stars, leave a review, and be sure to tell your friends and family about the podcast. The more reviews I get, the higher the podcast appears on search results so more people can find it. Also, if this podcast is, has helped your relationship, I would love to hear from you, and I would love to interview you 
on the podcast because your experience could benefit and inspire countless other couples. They need to know they're not alone. So if you've benefited from this, please let me know. You can email me. It's info at drwyattfisher.com. Be sure to go to my website for more resources. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you deprive it and neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.